Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. Hey, what's going on, automotive world? Welcome to another episode of the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping. I'm going to be your host for today's episode. I've got another recording from ASTE in North Carolina. Holy cow, I talked to a whole bunch of people there, so we're still uh, pumping out these uh, recordings. But all of them are great, including this one. Um, I really enjoyed getting to talk to Kip Nush. He is with Advanced Auto Parts, uh, deals a lot with uh, scan tool research and development, along with a few other things. He's got a lot of experience in the field, and uh, that's going to be the main focus of our conversation is a lot of the scan tool stuff. We'll get into ADAS a little bit, parts a little bit, um, and some overall industry talk. But I really appreciated getting to sit down with Kip. Uh, really nice to meet him because I think I had interacted with him online previous to the conference, but got to know him a little bit here. So with that out of the way, let's jump right in. Kip, and what's your last name? I didn't catch that. Uh, Nush. Okay. Yep. All right. And you work for Advance? Advance Auto Parts okay. in CarQuest, yep. How long have you been doing that? I've been here five years. Okay. A little over five years. All right. Prior to that? Prior to that, I used to uh, manage in a auto, small ch- chain of auto parts stores. Okay. Um, that's kind of where I got into the scan tool game. I really wanted to help technicians work on... Some of the cars I couldn't talk to like 25 years ago, you know, the Europeans, we didn't really have a great selection of diagnostic tools. So I was kind of stuck selling $79 rack and pinions on Chevy Luminous rather than <laughs> $650, you know, rack and pinions for BMWs. And I was like, okay, that was my angle back then. I gotcha. Yep. So that just led you towards getting more into the scan tool side of things? Yeah. So, you know, what scan tools were really available back then? You had the, the brick and you yeah. had OTC. And so I started to look, you know, east or west uh, to the Chinese product to see what they had available. And that's kind of where I hooked on with launch. Okay. I got intimate with the the first generation X431, which I think everybody has bad dreams about. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, I didn't even know that they were around back then. Yeah, since 1992, actually. No kidding. Okay. It must have just been, like you say, more over in China. Correct. That was, yeah, for sure. Because I... Yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, that's all you could do is uh, like we had a snap on red brick and then we had the OTC Genesis. That's right. And then they got us, this was a little later on, but they got us the OTC Pegasus next, which Ouch. was, it was, it was, so, it was so bad. It was, it was the worst tool. I hated that thing so much. And that's what actually got me to get an Autel Maxidas because mm. I, I never had my own scan tools at tech. I was just at Firestone. And I, was, I hated that thing. I wanted to throw it out in the street because it would always freeze up. And then the touchscreen didn't work. The Nothing worked right the way it was supposed to. So I went out and I got an Autel. And then that was, to me at the time, the greatest thing ever. <laughs> it, yeah, it really provided experience. I mean, you know, with any any technology, the evolution of we're going we're gonna to hit those speed bumps, you know. And OTC is a great company. And the Pegasus was not one of their better products, I'm sure they'll tell you. But I think the Bosch product is a nice quality product. Uh, I think the... So like the auto and launch also offers a little something different, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. Yeah. 
Yeah, it all depends on what you're after as a shop and what you're working on yeah. and stuff like that. So, so you got in with Launch. Did you work with them, or so um, I partnered to be uh, one of the distributors on the East Coast. Okay, um, and I did some repairs uh, for for them. Um, and I found out, I found myself repairing like power buttons on the Launch Diagon as as well as the OTC Genesis. So I really got like I really whatever we sold, we really wanted to own. You know, we didn't we hated sending tools back as a parts house, and then. They kind of go off into a repair or warranty center that we never heard about. So I really kind of just said, I'm going to do this myself, you know, and uh, I ordered the parts in. I was, you know, I just kind of really owned the experience. Like I thought that was appropriate. Okay. Awesome. And then uh, that led you into what you're doing now. Well, we sold our small chain of auto parts stores. I didn't own it. I was one of the managers there and um, you know, uh, we sold out to a bigger corporation and I like, you know, somebody who worked at advanced said, Kip, you know, uh, you know, are you interested? I think you do really great here. I'm like, ah, it's corporate. I don't know if I want to go in that direction. He goes, no, it's not what you're thinking. He was right. Like, it's a great company to work for. And I was a commercial account manager when I started. And I was selling a lot of scan tools and leadership recognized, oh, you have a skill set. That's pretty cool. Let's create a job that fits you. And I thought that was huge. Like that was, uh, corporations saw me for what I was, I thought good at. And you know, it was funny because when I took on launch, I thought I was really bad at it. I'm like, oh, this tool's junk, and it's not. It was, and I figured out when I came to Advance, like, wow, on a bigger platform, I really have some some product knowledge that really isn't that well known out there, and I can share that with everybody. Okay. Um, so when you were selling tools, were you selling directly to uh, a shop or a shop yeah. owner? So as a commercial account manager at Advance, we get like six to ten stores as a you know, and then we go out, we solicit parts and, you know, okay. we take care of customers and do lots of stuff, not just sell parts. We full account management. And I thought talking about scan tools would be the way I differentiate myself from the other parts houses. Mm-hmm. And it really just took off from there. And, you know, um, you know, I had a jump start because I started with the launch thing. And, you know, obviously with the backing of uh, advanced auto parts, I, I got the access to a lot of the manufacturers that at a whole new level that I never had before. Okay. Yeah. I suppose you have that, that corporate backing, uh, you have ins where you, you wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. It, it, I, that's a way to occur for me as well. It's like, wow, um, I can get a lot more done faster. Okay. So now what you're doing as far as research and stuff. So what I do, you know, is really kind of listening to the technician in another level, right? Okay. The tools come as they are. But what my experience is, regardless if it's Autel, Launcher, whoever, they're really interested in developing a scan tool for the technician. You know, they're, they don't want to just send us a product and say, hey, here it is. They really want to listen. We need to know what technicians really need out there. Okay. And the best way to get it is to get challenged. I get challenged with the most impossible cars. And I'm not a day-to-day technician, and but I am, you know, I I think I'm a good listener, and uh-huh. I like to take that information back and I say, you know, Autel or Launch, this is what we really need. Okay. And to me, Autel has been one of the fastest moving companies. You know, obviously they love to develop their product. They do yeah. great with feedback. Um, even though Launch has been around a little bit longer, um, I think they're kind of getting back into the game. Uh, but I think they're they're really great products for us. Okay. Yeah, um, Autel always seems to have an answer 
a solution for something that's out there. They just, they just keep popping out with stuff. Does it always work? Uh, no, not exactly, but they always seem to have something. They're right? pushing the envelope. Right. Uh, like, oh, here's some EEPROM stuff. Here's some immobilizer stuff. Here's the JBox stuff. Like, it's always, it, it just keeps coming. And like I said, yeah, the, they've got their limitations. they got their holes, just like everybody. But they, they, they've they always been kind of tip of the spear on a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I've topology for everyone. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Um, I've just been playing around with that, and that's really cool to see the the topology thing. Um, so when you're going in and doing this stuff, what's one of the most common complaints or requests you hear from technicians as far as scan tools go? Well, I think we've relied on our scan tools. Well, I, I want to speak for the majority. Sure. I think in my, the feedback I get is we, we want our scan tool to just do things. Like if the process is I need to program this module, I just want the scan tool to do it. I, I, I get that it comes with a J box and I don't should, do I have to use a laptop? Right. Why, why do I have to? I can't just do it. And there's a little bit of that education that would probably benefit a lot of technicians out there. And luckily we have that available, you know, through CTI and actually what we're doing this weekend. Um, that's probably what I hear the most is, you know, uh, taking the programming to an automated process rather than learning all the different ways the manufacturer wants us to do it. Unfortunately, we haven't overcome that yet. Sure. Well, I know Autel is working on their remote programming yeah. setup. So that's, that's leaning into that because you, you're plugged in with your scan tool. And I think I would imagine you probably have to put a voltage maintainer on it, but otherwise yeah. you're relying on somebody else. You hit a button and then somebody else takes care of. I love how it's peer to peer, you know, yeah. business to business, independent to independent. You guys can all support each other. We got 540 people downstairs, you know, training this weekend to learn more about their craft. And now we can leverage that, you know, partner to partner. Cause we go off, you know, after this weekend, we're going to go home you know, we'll, we'll work remotely and socially, but you know, it'd be a great way we could actually use our skills from one location to the other without anybody else involved. Okay. So you take all this information and then how do you, what's the process to transfer that to an actual tool manufacturer? Right now reports, you do speak with people directly or how does that get across? Obviously email, a lot of calls, a lot of communication, commitment. Uh-huh. Like, Hey, if you build this feature, my commitment is I sell a lot more of your tools mm. and I keep my word behind that. And there's been most times I, I win and sometimes I don't, you know, sure. but, but the idea is, you know, cause sometimes I think of things um, and the market's just not ready for them. And then five years later, it's like, Oh, there's that thing I was talking about five years ago. Do you have an example of that? If you don't mind, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm curious. It's interesting. You know, when TPMS first came out, it sounds so remedial, you know, it was like, it feels like 20 years ago at this point. And I went out and people were like TPMS, you got 10 heads. I'm not, I'm not, I don't need to know about that yet. And I still just today, I had a guy who had TPMS issues. He calls me and I'm like, I'm still talking about TPMS. I cannot believe it. Not everything on the vehicle is easy, but you know, some of the stuff we're learning downstairs, it's all about, you know, programming and ADAS and 48 volt, you know, diagnostics. And I can't forget, you know, that there's people on all different areas of their, their training and development. We got to keep supporting those people. Yep. But yeah, there's, you know, sometimes we're ahead of our, like ADAS, you know, when I first was started pushing it, people are like, Oh, we don't, those cars aren't here. These cars have been here a long time. Yeah. And you know, again, the group downstairs is well aware of that. And those who train who couldn't make it this weekend, they know it as well. And there's a good majority of the U S that really isn't buying into it just yet. 
Right. Yeah. Cars are going out the door. Oh, there's, there wasn't a light on, but yeah, it's not calibrated or anything like that. For sure. And they, you know, they probably don't have the means to do it. Uh, but yeah, it, it is crazy when you look at some of these things, when you look at the earliest versions of it, like even TPMS, I remember an early nineties Corvette with TPMS on it, right? That's it, obviously ahead of the game, but some of this stuff's been around for a long time. Same with ADAS. I, the other day I had like 2008, um, infinity or something like that, that had a radar in the front That's bumper, right. you know, and in 2008, I had no clue that any of that even existed. But yeah, there's. If you go back, you can see early examples of I it. I think 2000, the 2000 Cadillac with night vision is the first one we could actually see. Okay. Right. I mean, there's some before that, like the 98 Escalade. We couldn't see it. Sure. The old 95 Sentra. We couldn't see it on there, but they were testing out stuff back then. Okay. Okay. Does uh does launch have ADAS stuff? They do. They do. Yeah. They okay. have actually. They they have a great uh, product out there. You know, I got to tell you, every aftermarket ADAS system, in my opinion, um, just the equipment structure, in my opinions, I think superior to the OE. They have a unified structure for those who aren't getting into ADAS. Yeah. One way to take all the way the OE is doing it and one uniform way to sure. deliver it. Now, that's a general statement, you know, so there's going to be your nuances. You know, when I look at Autel, you know, being in the field virtually five years, you know, there's some trial and error there, but they have, I think, the most one. I think I, you know, did a direct comparison. They have the most targets available. Okay. Now, of the known targets, they offer almost all of them um, because they also have the instructions on where to place those targets in, mm. you know, 99.9% of those scenarios. You know, some of the other companies, they don't have as many targets. And a lot of it has to do is they don't know where to, they don't have the direct information where to place the targets. Okay. So. And we know, you know, if you don't have the target, you can't do the calibration. Right. It's that simple. You yeah. Know? So yeah. if you see some of these packages with 20 targets and there's 60 known targets, how do they explain for those, you know, for those missing coverages? I gotcha. Um, doesn't, I might be wrong here, but doesn't Autel, they can link with the Hunter alignment racks too or something like that? So, yeah, when it first came out... Um, Hunter had a camera package for about 3500 bucks that really allowed the interface of the Hunter aligner to line up the Autel frame. Oh, um, okay. And, you know, like any great company, um, Hunter, you know, that they developed a partnership. You know, they wanted to be able to rebrand the scan tool. So when you get the Hunter, it's really a Bosch machine. I think we all know that. And the scan tool, even though it's red and says Hunter, it's the Bosch scan tool. It's not a bad scan tool. Um I think that target package comes with about 30 targets. Okay. Um, you know, Bosch, they're no joke. I mean, they make a lot of the OE tools. But I think there's a lot of OE proprietary information, like the Toyota AVM on the 2019 Toyota Avalon, that target's proprietary. And I don't know if Bosch is going to offer it. They would be better. So far, I, I don't know if they're going to, is what they told me. I've seen a lot of guys actually printing the targets off um, onto... A yeah. piece of paper or something, and then creating their own stand. I don't know how legit or not legit that is, it's but I've perfectly seen that legit. Done. It, okay. But it's time consuming. You know, sure. we, we, we can do an alignment with strings, but we use tools to make us do it faster, so we can charge okay. the full amount and do it faster, more accurately, be able to document it. There's there's space restrictions too on some of that stuff. I know, like um, I'm th I'm thinking of like a Ford with the 360 camera. I That's saw a, a picture of somebody doing it. And it. Like you need a lot of space. Yeah, in order 40 to do by that. 25 to be 
vague, but it's, it's large. Yeah. And that's not for everybody. Right. Right. I mean, it, it almost makes you think like uh, specializing, it's going to be more common in the future. Like there'll be a dedicated eight S center or something like that. Well, I think of it in a new way, you know, um, it, it's a turnkey business. Okay. You know, you spend 35,000, 40,000 on, you know, a, a, an eight S setup. You had a great scan until you get the instructions, you get all the, all the targets. Now we're talking about just calibrating eight S we're not talking about diagnosing eight S issues. Now that'll cover a majority of your work. Now, any great technician will tell you a lot of times you'll need a factory tool to put into calibration mode. You could still use an all target, but um, for example, but you may need a factory tool to actually complete that uh, calibration. And for any new targets that come out, you may be going back to the dealer until the aftermarket provides a solution. Okay. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Cause obviously you got some experience with this stuff. Um, the dynamic versus the, um, passive uh, calibration. So whether the car does it itself or you need to use targets. Dynamic it, or static, sure. Static, that's the word I was looking for. I knew it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it. Do you see one being more common in the future? I don't, you know, because it could go both ways. You know, if you're in the city or, you know, you're you're in Alaska, you're going to have environmental issues. Sure, um, yeah. If you're in the country and there's no objects on the side of the road, you're going to have issues. I really see an option to choose either or is in, listen, I think the engineers and people like Scott Brown are going to give you a, probably a better answer than that. But the way I see it, I mean, it would be, it would make sense. They have both options available, but I think no matter what, it's always going to be a manual process, something where a professional has to interrupt and say, is this car ready to be calibrated? Like if we have, you know, if there's, an issue with a ride height or there is, you know, um, the front bumper has been compromised. Mm-hmm. We don't want the car just going out to calibrate itself. We don't want to have somebody in the car on our telematics unit, putting the car into calibration mode. I think we need a technician to qualify, Hey, this car should be calibrated. No, this needs to be repaired before you calibrate. Okay. Yeah. That's what I think. Gotcha. Um, as, as you're integrating some of these things into the tooling, do you guys do, uh, training on the on the scan tools as well. Or? Yeah. So in light of uh, this past eighteen months, yeah, I've really transformed. Like everybody, we I have a pretty good setup at home where anybody who buys a scan tool for me, I want to provide them an orientation, navigation, you know, and further support. Yeah, they could call tech support. Uh-huh. Tech support at every company is overloaded. Everybody's sure. overloaded. Yep. But I think it's important, you know, at advance. I want to make sure that. Our customers have a great experience. I want to make sure they get the most out of their scan tool. If hopefully they, hopefully they see the value in that, and maybe they want to buy their parts from us. That you know, we want to be the total solutions provider. That's why we offer CTI and so many other programs to really help independent technicians and shops get ahead. So when it comes to scan tools, I do a lot of that remotely, unless I'm in the area. Or uh-huh. when it comes to ADAS, you know, I like to provide setup and training. You know, right. sometimes I partner with the manufacturer. Otherwise, I'm going to be accountable myself. There's a scenario I have to go down to Alabama next week to do a setup and training because it's the right thing for the customer. Okay. And I, I, I think it's great that Advance, you know, supports that in the right scenarios. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it, it's huge to 
be able to, you know, talk with somebody directly when you're trying to figure something out, trying to, trying to learn it. And I mean, yes, you could call tech support, but you don't really know the other person on the other side of the right. line or yeah, you're sitting on hold forever. Um, maybe the person there doesn't have like actual technical experience with it. They're, they're, you know, trained to, to follow their own flow chart and try to help you through this problem. Sure. But to get somebody who actually has some background in it, so you know, sells the tools, understand how they work. That's extremely beneficial to it's part of what you're purchasing as, yeah. as the tool. Right. So like if I buy something from Amazon, right. I buy, and mm. I've done that, bought scan tools off Amazon, you know, sure. oh, sweet. This is a good deal. But I understand that, if I need help with this thing, like it ain't going to happen or it ain't going to happen easy right. to get assistance with this. Um, and some people do miss out on that. And like I said, I know I have in the past that there's an advantage to buying from somebody that you trust that, you know, yeah, it's what we try and provide. You know, we have 550 commercial account managers and they got lots of tasks, whatever you want for your business, they're there to help you with, but then they have also a whole background, a whole uh, team behind them of specialists who kind of support them in those extra level needs. I think what's always, what's always what's next, right? Yeah. We talked about scan tools. Uh-huh. We really didn't get to key programming yet. Uh, we did ADAS, I think EV, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. What, uh, how much experience do you have with that? I don't have Isaac experience, but I have some experience. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> well, you know, again, me being an expert in the actual system, I have to be familiar, right? Mm-hmm. I have to really listen to and trust experts and create a network to be able to develop tools for you guys to talk to them. For example, the Autel, uh, Autel has Tesla in their tablet now. I saw that. That's the cables. Cool. The cables just landed in the U.S. Okay. $129 for the set. And now we're going to really put that tool to the test to see what it does on Tesla. Yeah. And it's a community where we just find this information out, you know, so I, I, I just need to get them out there, you know, as so we mm-hmm. can develop that side of the tool and, you know, and see where, what, you know, what do we need to fill, you know, in the 48 volt diagnostic area? Sure. I saw Dave Hobbs is doing a 48 volt right. class this, this weekend. Um, or today, actually. I saw the door open. I was like, I want to peek in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, the Tesla stuff, that's pretty cool. Um, I, I know a guy who does mobile work for Tesla. He works for them, and I, he showed me some of the stuff on the laptop that they do. It's it's pretty crazy the amount that they can do away from the car. Um, but, yeah, I'd be I'd be excited to mess around with one of those <laughs> with an Autel, so I'll have to look for that cable. And see yeah, it. you know, and... I think with Tesla, I think it's really exciting what they just recently made accessible for the aftermarket technician. Uh-huh. And it's probably the direction most people will go in, you know, but I think it's really great when you have these, you know, these all-in-one scan tools, theoretically, that they are willing to add that. Like, they're willing to kind of throw it out there like, hey, sure. we do EV. All right, let's see what you can do, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, and I applaud that kind of effort rather than running away from it. Yep. Um, so I'm up in the Twin Cities and Seth Thorson uh, has oh, yeah. Eurotech up there. Yeah, it's yeah. three or four shops now. And he is, he has been doing Tesla service for a while now. And they'll actually like rebuild the motors and stuff like that. But that's what you're saying. It's really impressive, the initiative to take that on when, I mean, as far as I knew before, you couldn't even buy parts for them. Like everything is 
locked down, but he was making it happen. It was pretty cool to see that somebody's out there making a solution. When there's a mark, when you know, when the market demands more support and service, mm-hmm. it's it was bound to happen. You know, yeah. it's great they it's great they could capitalize on it, but I think it's as they sell more cars, they're going to need more support. So yeah, you know, developing certified Tesla repair centers is I think inevitable, and making sure we get the right guys to do it is is going to be key. That's the thing is they have they have two stores now. But that's, I think, all of Minnesota is the two stores, right? And so if you got a Tesla and then you drive it up to Duluth, which is a few hours away, what do you do? And, and they actually had their mobile service. That was the guy that I know that does that. And so it's funny. He drives a Ford Transit around and goes <laughs> and fixes these Teslas. Um, <laughs> but uh, he'll do it. He'll do it remotely. He'll go to people and make the repairs. But even still, they're extremely limited. So if you have you have a Tesla and you want to get in for repair, you got to get on the list because there's only a couple places where you can bring it. So like you say, it's going to be demanded right. that. Hey, we need these things worked on, but I think we're we're seeing that right now. Right. Um, but yeah, you can't be you can't be scared of that sort of thing, the EV hybrid stuff. I mean, hybrid's been around for a while, but a lot of people are still scared of it. They don't want to they don't want to mess with it. I'll send that somewhere else. Um, you got to be able to tackle the new challenges and and go to events like this to learn about it, right? Yeah, I really, you know, I have a lot of compassion for the shops that oh, I don't want to do programming. Uh, I don't want to do keys. I don't mm. want to do ADAS. I don't want to do EV. I'm like, all right, what do you want to do? Right. You know, and I think that also speaks to a little bit of the average age of technician out there, you know, so who, who's going to support these guys? You know, we have 550 professional commercial account managers that go into these shops weekly. Why not? Why not support our team and having that conversation just at a high level and then really support them and in getting into a CTI class to learn more about that segment add that segment, that, that revenue stream to their current business. You don't have to take all five of those categories on, but maybe take one or two on. Sure. You know, and, um, you know, key program is getting a little more popular because there's a perceived value. Uh-huh. Uh, you sell a key, you know, for 250 bucks. It's not for everybody, but, you know, the customer they're selling it to has a perceived value. It's worth it to them. It's like getting their air conditioning fixed. Uh huh. You know, it's like, yep. oh, I'll pay two fifty for my air conditioning, but I won't pay two fifty for new brakes <laughs> on my car. So, yeah, I've I've always thought that same thing the the whole time I was a tech, and it they'd have bald tires and you know brake pads that are almost gone, and eh, you know we don't want to put the money in that, but I, I need my AC to work. <laughs> I got that new. They got the new Apple Play radio in their car. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It, I mean, it was also profitable as a flat rate tech AC because you knew that they were going to pay to fix it. I mean, right. outside of a few instances, but up oh, twelve hundred bucks. Okay, no problem. With the compressor, all this stuff. Um, it was it was always really good work. AC four hundred for pads and rotors. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's it's funny how that works, but yeah. Um, Expanding out in other things, it's tough for a shop because they need to understand or they want to gauge their return on investment, right? Because they're right. going to invest in something they haven't done. So there's going to have to be training. There's going to be some growing pains yeah. with it. And they have to know that they're going to see enough of that. And you have to be intentional about it and make sure that you're marketing yourself to that once you take that on. Um, otherwise, yeah, you buy all, I, I've done it myself I buy a really expensive tool and then it sits there and I don't end up using it. I'm like, ah, oh, why did I buy this thing? <laughs> if you talk to some of my customers who have bought ADAS, I have that, I have that conversation 
specifically. So listen, I'm not going to sell you ADAS until I prove to you you're going to be profitable with it. Some people see an automatic return on investment. You know, you have a body shop that's doing 300 cars a month. Half of those cars needs calibrations. They're charging $300 a calibration, $400 a, a car, whatever it may be. They're going to see immediate return. It's a no-brainer for those body shops. But I, uh, what I do, we created a virtual uh, kind of presentation, if you will, just a kind of a, hey, is 8S right for you? We, we go not only over the equipment. Um, I don't even go over how to use the equipment. I just go over, hey, these are the systems. Here's where you identify your opportunities. And here's all the sensors and technology that make that that system possible. And the impact of that system is, you know, um, the amount of, you know, the, the least amount of accidents are created uh, from having those safety systems. And then this is why we should be repairing them. And then I go over the, all the different equipment options and I say, all right, now think about that. Your homework is, Mr. Customer, go out. You know, if, if there's a glass guy who's replacing the windshields in your parking lot, ask him, how, how is he getting his calibrations done? You yeah. know, I had one customer who set up, uh, he told his glass guy, you can you can replace your windshields in these three spaces in the back of my parking lot. And then when you do that, I'll do your calibrations for you. The shop wasn't even dealing with the insurance company and the glass guy was getting it all done in one stop. That's awesome. And, you know, then talk to your body shops. Are you doing alignments and AC for body shops? Um, if you are, ask them how they're getting their calibrations done. Ask them if you could have their business. Sure. Yeah. Well, like uh, uh, 1234YF too. And I am starting to see more because I do some mobile work and I am starting to see more shops that have that, but there's still a ton that don't that are sending it out. Um, that's that, another thing, you know, you can, you can gear up, you can get the equipment and then, Hey, by the way, I can do this stuff. Um, and it's just a matter of marketing yourself to the right, right, right area and saying, Hey, I can make your life easier. I can make your life more convenient rather than going this place, or this place, I got you covered here. Right. Um, and I think, I think a lot of body shops, you know, they've had to figure out how to get it done these past, you know, six, seven years, uh-huh. you know, and I think the mobile mechanics have done a great job providing that convenience. Hey, no, we're going to come to you and do it. Sure. That always doesn't work out in the shop's environment, but you know, people are finding a way other body shops are a little more inconvenient. They got to take the car back to the dealer, but not every town has that dealer in it. So now right. you got to figure out how you got to get it back and forth. You know, I look at eight S, you know, it really difficult to calibrate a car. I don't think is that difficult. You know, making sure you do it right takes some education. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a really great opportunity for the mechanical side of the business to really merge with the body side of the business and say, hey, we kind of need each other out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, I'm starting to see more body shops that are looking for uh, a auto technician, right? A, right. a mechanical side of things to bring in where that wasn't always the case. Um, they're looking for people that can come in. Um, uh, I work at a community college too for an automotive program mm-hmm. and the body shops are coming to our auto repair course to get students there where that never really happened before. But I think they're seeing the need for, okay, we need somebody who can do uh, electrical diagnosis <laughs> and and work with you know a scan tool beyond a pre and a post scan and, and things like that. I think they're starting to see the the need for it. Yeah, they treat those guys really well over yeah, there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. The whole diagnostic, you know, hey, the front end of this car got removed, and now we got to plug some things back in. And yeah, I'm sure the body techs 99 percent of the time do it great, but when you got to chase down the the one that's not done right, you know, you need you need 
you know, training to be able to do that. Yeah. And, and I've seen their curriculum and I mean, it's very thorough for the body side of things, right? So like I'd be a terrible body person, right? Me too. I, I don't have that artistic <laughs> side to me. Um, but you know, they go through all that, but the electrical and the computer side of stuff, it's pretty limited on if they're an accredited program, what they have to learn in school. Um, it's just real, real, real basic stuff. So if they're presented with some of these really complex systems and radar and sensors and things like that, it, it it's just, you know, it's going to be a challenge uh, for them. It's even a challenge for the people who know. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. I actually, I've been talking to a lot of people. I need to actually seek out more body shops for my mobile business because everybody says it's really, it's really good to work with them. Um, they're very, they're very easy to work with. And a lot of times ends up being simpler stuff for us. Right. right. Not, not that, Oh, this is just an easy they're problem. They're very thankful. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. And yeah, we put, we put on this door panel and the, the harness is different and all this sort of stuff. Um, but uh, that the, a lot of mobile guys out there find some lucrative business with body shops. So for sure. I got to go seek some of those out myself. Yeah, no, there's uh and we don't, you know, I like everything. We're we're figuring it out as we go along. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that's obviously the body is when it comes to new technology. Cars are impacted in accidents every day, and they're. It's almost like they should be in the classes with us downstairs. A lot of the body guys. We did a yeah two weeks ago. Um, we did a trade show, an auto body trade show, and hardly anybody showed up. Um, maybe it was like three hundred people at the. Meadowlands, that's what it felt like anyway. And uh, I was really kind of discouraged not to see like more classes offered. You know, I don't know if they're doing the iCar program, which I think is pretty good. I've been on their website, the My iCar uh, portal. But uh, yeah, really kind of making sure that they they come along and have an opportunity to participate in stuff like this. Yeah, definitely. Um, They... uh... (laughs) They actually, so we have, we have an auto body program at the college that I work at, and they had actually tried to shut down the program. The administration did. Uh, this is it's actually just before COVID, so it was a little while ago. Um, but it, it was it was actually really cool to see because the shops, all the local shops around, because the program was full, and there was some questionable reasons for shutting it down that I guess I won't get into, but it didn't really make sense because the program was full and a lot of the local shops were feeding off of these technicians that are coming through the program. And so all of these local shops came together and like went down to the president's office and was like, you can't shut this program down. This is where we get, uh, you know, our, our employees from these students that come out right. and, and be technicians. There's a, there's a huge need for it. Um, and we were able to save the program from getting closed down and it's still, it's still going right now. So it is, it is cool to see that they recognize, Hey, we need new people in this industry that are going through and being educated. Um, so we, we try to do the best we can to prepare them to get out there and start doing it. We already have a shortage, like you said, like of yeah. technicians and on both sides of the business body and mechanical. And, you know, you can have a really great career in this industry uh-huh. and you know, it's, it's not just for the people who don't want to be lawyers and doctors. It's for, it is for the people who want to be lawyers and doctors too. You could have a really rewarding career, you know, fixing problems and, um, and, you know, just seeing something new all the time. I mean, in the automotive industry, it's always something new for me. And, you know, I, I really hope other people have the same experience to be honest. Yeah, for sure. Um, you got anything else? Well, you know, 
it's easy to talk about scan tools and ADAS and key programming all uh-huh. the time. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I'm accountable for all all tools and equipment in advance. So, okay. you know, there's people above me, you know, I have a director for the category. Um, but he kind of defaults to me to put my hands on and give me his opinion on things. Um, give me, give him my opinion, I should say. Um, so, you know, lifts and tire machines and wheel service. I mean, there's a lot of really cool features out there. And I just, you know, if I were to kind of send a message to a lot of the shops, like, there's a lot of really great salespeople that come to your shop every day mm-hmm. and they do their best sometimes to, to uh, get you the information. But it's, I think once you find that person who's driven by what's best for your business, rather than the brand that they're promoting, you're going to get a lot more support in picking the right equipment for your business. You know, at, at advance, we sell every brand under the sun, mm-hmm. you know, and my commitment is you get the right thing for your business. And, you know, if I can help your business grow, maybe I can get some part sales out of you, you know. Um, so I would encourage them to keep searching for that that business partner who really, you know, is not bound to a brand. I mean, obviously, I'm an Autel fanboy, but I find a lot of great quality in the launch, Top Dom, Thinkar, Bosch. They all have their place. Yeah. Regardless of our favorites. And, you know, when you find somebody who can speak to that. You know, you're going to make better equipment purchases. They're going to be a better ROI. You're going to be able to do things that you didn't think you could do before because you didn't know the tool could do it. You know, we were just at the research and development center, you know, hanging out with Randy Briggs and Richard Falco, uh, my, one of my peer partners, Bill Mercer and Dave Rockstro. And I was kind of showing them some functions in the autel that even they didn't know were there. And I'm like, it's always developing and we need a village to kind of share this information. Yeah. It's huge to have that network of people that you can reach out to. And it's funny you say that like features you didn't even know for the longest time. I didn't know that Autel had a search bar for the data pids. And then I was just talking to somebody and they're like, well, yeah, you just, you just click here and it's a search bar. I'm like, Oh, this is so awesome. Oh, um, you, you can know. isolate the can like that high speed can line on the top algae report. A lot of people don't know you can do that. I did not know that. Oh, uh, well, yeah. we'll show you afterwards. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that network of people's huge. Cause there's always something you don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know what it is? We talk, I, I find myself pigeonholed into the scan tools because we all know that changes every five minutes mm-hmm. and it should have changed five minutes ago, <laughs> you know, uh, lifts, they go up, they go down, but there's some pretty cool features. I think wheel service and alignments, um, you know, the evolution of that has been, it's been pretty big and Hunter does a great job marketing theirs, but you get like fantastic companies like Chem and Corgi, Riviglio, like those companies make great quality equipment as well. Some of them aren't the innovators of that technology and they offer it in their tools. And sometimes you get it for a better price point out there. Okay. You know, it, but it's about having that representation and support. Someone who can give you the answer. Someone who's going to come out and service it. All of that. You know, it's not just this machine's better. You should buy it. Because right. if somebody doesn't come out and support you, then it's going to be a bad experience for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. What good is that tool? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks for uh, chatting with me for a while. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it. the invitation. It was so cool, man. Yeah. Okay, that's going to do it for today's episode. A big thank you to Kip for spending some time during the conference to come talk to me. Uh, Really appreciate it and enjoyed that talk quite a bit. Hopefully you did as well. Also want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. But with that out of the way, let's all get out there and start fixing the world one car at a time.